Hello, my name is Lynette Wheat, and welcome to The Minds of Monsters, a true crime podcast discussing old crimes, new crimes, but always true crimes. Today I will be switching it up a bit and doing a more current case, which didn't even happen two months ago, but just be warned it will be a tough one to listen to and it will leave your head spinning as to why somebody would do this to their own children. And this is the case of Chad Dorman. On June 15, 2023, police arrived to a residence on the corner of Laurel Lindale Road in Monroe Township in Clermont County, Ohio. On the front steps of that house sat Chad Dorman, the 32-year-old father who just killed his three sons. Outside was the mother who was trying to save the lives of her three sons. She was one of the two people that called 911. She said that he is killing her babies. The second 911 call came from a woman who saw the older sister of the three boys running towards the fire station shouting, he's killing everyone. My stepfather is shooting everyone. Chad was immediately arrested and Laura was sent to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center for her thumb, which Chad had shot through. The EMTs tried to perform life-saving measures on the boys. However, they were gone at the scene. The media found out before Laura even did, but the deputies asked the media not to release that information until Laura knew. Chad was then taken to the Claremont County Sheriff's Office to be interviewed. Later that night, he was charged with three counts of aggravated murder. Then he was transported to Claremont County Jail. The next day, he was wearing a bulletproof vest and surrounded by half a dozen deputies for his first court date. Chad's defense asked for a $75,000 bond, saying he had a job, co-signers, and that he was married. The prosecutors asked for a $20 million bond, which is the highest bond they have ever asked a judge in Claremont County. And Judge J.C. Nagel granted the prosecutor's request. David Gast, the chief prosecutor in Claremont County, spoke during the hearing saying, The trauma that this man has inflicted on his family, community, law enforcement, first responders, and all the rest of us is unspeakable. There has been a full admission in this case. The case is still new, we're still discovering facts, but the evil horror of what we know is impossible to process. He said in court, in an act of incomprehensible cruelty, the father that stands before you lined up his three young boys 
and executed them in his own home with a rifle. In an act of desperation, the mother at some point grabbed the gun the father was wielding in an attempt to protect them. Gastelator said that Chad hunted down one of the boys that fled, brought him back to the property, and executed him in front of everyone. He also said it was one of the most monstrous, craven, cowardly acts that will ever be our misfortune of seeing. He also said that Darman had planned out these events. Another prosecutor by the name of Mark Tacolve said, I have been a lawyer for 35 years, and this is by far the most sickening, horrifying crime I have seen. I can only imagine the terror on these little these little boys felt and experienced. He also said that Laura witnessed the crime. He said, the mother saw this. You can imagine the immense trauma and terror she experienced and will do the utmost that this defendant never sees the light of day again. Emergency dispatch even gave a statement saying that she received the initial 911 call from a woman who was screaming that her babies had been shot. The second 911 call was made to a communication center from a passerby who reported that a female juvenile was running down the road stating that her father was killing everyone. And that was the older sister named Alexis. She had run to the fire station to escape her stepfather. On June 22nd, he was formally indicted by a grand jury on 21 charges instead of the previous three, which were nine counts of aggravated murder, eight counts of kidnapping, and four counts of felonious assault. On June 23rd, he had another court date and was appointed two public defenders, where each of his charges would be read. After each charge was read off, as well as the possible punishment for each charge, Chad pleaded not guilty to every charge. And during the bond discussion, the prosecution asked for no bond, which was then granted. On July 5th, there was a hearing, and Chad's team requested a full gag order so prosecutors could not speak to the media. The judge did not grant the full gag order, but rather a standard gag order, so the prosecution can only speak about things that were discussed in open court. Witnesses and the family are not bound by the gag order, just the attorneys are. So the family and witnesses could speak as much as they'd like about what they saw, what happened, and no punishment would come for them in any way. So not bound by the gag order, so they can say whatever they'd like. Now as far as court dates and hearings and all of that, that is as much as I was able to find and that I've heard about so far. However, it was said that they are pursuing the death penalty for him. So 
we'll see what goes from there. So it's a very tight-lipped case because it's a death penalty case. Um, and in Ohio, the only thing they have for the death penalty is lethal injection. And a YouTuber slash podcaster that I do watch very frequently um, said that she hopes by the time his time comes that a firing squad will be added to the list, which I kind of agree because the details that I'm about to share with you in just a little bit, you will see why I think so. Um, I do agree with the death penalty for a lot of crimes, which I know some people don't. It's a very conflicting thing, but I definitely do, especially for certain crimes, and this will be one of them. Now, when all the details came out about what happened that horrible day and everything of what Chad did, every detail, it's very hard to read, to listen to. It's awful, so listener discretion is strongly advised here because ugh, it's just completely awful what he did. So before I begin, just wanted to put that out there that it'll be hard to listen to and very, very devastating. It is said that Chad came home early from errands or work or I, it wasn't specified and asked the boys and Laura to join him for a nap in the master bedroom. And they did. They all laid down. They all kind of fell asleep. At some point, Chad got up and went to the gun safe near the bed and pulled out a Marlin model HC-22 rifle and shot four-year-old Hunter two times. Alexis, the older sister, witnessed it and started running. Laura immediately began trying to help Hunter while telling the other two to run. Clayton, the oldest, began running out the back door towards a field, and Chad chased after him and began shooting him as he ran. When he caught up to Clayton, he looked at someone and then shot Clayton in the head. Alexis came back to the house to try and rescue three-year-old Chase, who was the youngest, but Chad caught up to her and demanded she put him down. She begged him not to shoot and put Chase down. Chad then tried shooting Chase in the head, but was out of ammunition. Alexis continued running to the fire station, and on the way, a passerby rolled down her windows, and after hearing Alexis say her stepfather was shooting people, the woman called 911. Chase then ran to Laura, who began fighting with Chad to protect Chase. Chad bit Laura and placed her thumb over the gun and shot her in the thumb. After being bitten and shot, she dropped Chase. Chad then shot Chase in the head before going to sit on the porch. Laura was desperately trying to save the boys before the cops arrived and even when the cops arrived. Reports said two of the boys had four gunshot wounds while the other had one gunshot wound. 
When the police arrived, all three boys were outside, and Clayton was moved closer to the house. Chad told police while they were still at the house things like, I did it, take me to jail, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have shot blank and them. The name was redacted, which is why I said blank. During an interview with law enforcement, Chad told them he had been thinking about shooting his sons since October. So for eight months, these thoughts had been in his head. And he didn't think to leave. He didn't think to seek help. He didn't think about anyone but himself. And he ended up killing these three sweet boys. Clayton was seven. Chase was three. And Hunter was four. They had their whole lives ahead of them. And he took them just because he was selfish, just because he was angry for whatever reason. The obituary for the boys was absolutely heart-wrenching, and it said, Three brothers bonded together in life, and now for eternity, as God has reeled them in to heaven, for unending days of fishing, playing outside, way past bedtime, laughing loudly, and non-stop giggling. It said, They loved unconditionally, sharing their big hearts with anyone who they could make laugh and give them love. Laura's sister, Rachel, who actually set up a GoFundMe, which I will link in my show notes and on my Instagram, it her post said, We want the world to know how amazing these babies were. They are not only this tra tragedy. They were happy and funny and so very funny. Goofy, kind, loving boys. They're beautiful and deserve to be proudly displayed. They fished and played ball. They loved fiercely and with their entire hearts. They played together just as hard. Nothing will ever be right without them, but they need to be seen for the blessings they were, the happy lives they lived, the mom who loves them more than herself, their perfect baby boys. And then the rest of their full obituary says, and it's dedicated to all three boys, it says, Clayton Dorman, seven years old, Hunter Dorman, four years old, and Chase Dorman, three years old. Three brothers bonded together in life, and for now eternity, as God has reeled them into heaven, for unending days of fishing, playing outside way past their bedtime, laughing loudly, and non-stop giggling. They loved unconditionally, sharing their big hearts with anyone who they can make laugh and give them love. Clayton, fondly known as Clayton Man, loved playing Lego creations, riding his go-kart, telling jokes, singing and laughing while loving his best dog pal, Gatlin. His love language was giving gifts, whether it be finding, creating, or sharing treasures. He loved his family and often looked out for his brothers. Hunter, fondly known as Hunter Dog, loved going to the creek and catching frogs, and his love of baseball extended beyond the ball field to his bed, an attachment like an extra arm to connect him to his ball and the glove as he slept. He loved calling his mom and sister pretty girls, 
and telling them he loved them every day. Chase, fondly known as Chasers, loved swinging on swings and couldn't wait to be a baseball player like his brothers. He loved playing with dinos and pretending to be a superhero. He was the best cuddler, wanting his mama to stay close by to give her many hugs. He will forever be known as Mama's Baby. They are survived by their loving family. That is the saddest thing I have ever read. Oh my gosh, I'm trying not to cry here reading that. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine their family, what their family is going through right now. Alexis, who witnessed that, and Laura, who not only witnessed it, was also injured in the process while trying to save her boys. I can't even imagine. Like I said previously, Laura's sister did set up a GoFundMe um, for funeral expenses and for everything else. Since, unfortunately, Chad was the breadwinner of the family, so... Um... She shouldn't have to worry about finances at all with what she's going through. Right now, the GoFundMe has reached just under $280,000, which is amazing. And I will be putting it in my Instagram and in the show notes for this episode, the link. So if you want to go donate to that, by all means... Um, she has used it for funeral expenses and the sister Rachel will be the one by her sister's instruction controlling the money until Laura is able to take over, you know, mentally just be able to handle all of that, especially after all of this, um, but it'll definitely be going towards therapy for both the girls, for both Laura and Alexis, as well as living expenses and anything else they might need. So, like I said, it'll be linked in my Instagram and linked in the show notes. Alright, well, that is all I have for you today. I know it was a rough case to listen to and how devastating the details all are. Um, like I said, I'll be linking the GoFundMe, um, and I will be keeping an eye on any more updates in regards to the trial, if he actually does get the death penalty, or if not, and whatever else happens when he does end up going to trial. As for right now, I don't know what the trial date will be set at, um, and I may do like a mini episode discussing when that'll be, or... Once the trial is done, I'll just do a bigger episode. I haven't decided on that yet. But, so that is all I have for you today. Um, if you wouldn't mind rating, reviewing, following the podcast, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. It definitely helps push it to more people. I know my episodes are short, and I will try to do some more longer ones. Um... So in the future, I will try. I have a few more uh, ideas in the works right now, as well as, you know, the Brian Koberger, the Idaho cases, 
Those ones are kind of in the works right now, as well as the John Bonet Ramsey case. So, in the next couple of weeks, I will be doing those. But for right now, um, we'll see what I have for next week. And so, like I said, please rate, review, follow. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And until the next case, stay safe.